Hey everybody, George here again with another episode of the In Good Spirits podcast with my friend here, Chris. Hey George, how are you doing tonight? Oh, you know, same old surviving the apocalypse. How about you? Uh, about the same. Uh, running a little bit slow today. Recorded a beer podcast last night where we did Vermont IPAs and I did three doubles, all 16 ounce cans. And whoo, it was it was a bit of a day today. <laughs> I would imagine so. Yeah, you uh, you had the the nap of beer beers. So, yeah, exactly. It was a it was a lot, but delightful. Uh, it's uh, another uh, Rochester based podcast, um, and it was a beer reviewed journal. Turned out very well. So, uh, hopefully, we'll have them on at some point. Uh, crossover kind of thing. Um, but we're not here to talk about beer today. We're here to talk about tequila. So this is our first non-whiskey-based uh, episode, which I'm very happy about. Yeah, we got to mix it up again. We're not in good whiskey. We're in good spirits. Absolutely. And, you know, George picked out a couple tequilas. I don't know the brands, but I guess before we go into the specifics, we should talk about tequila in general. Um, and tequila is a specific regional beverage like many things that we know around the world like champagne or bordeaux that are regional specific um tequila is kind of the same thing yeah it's very very regional specific uh it has to be it's actually very much like a lot of other regional specific things with a lot of regulation on them it's not just region but it's also source ingredient so uh for example or not example for the regulation purposes it has to be uh, 100% Blue Weber agave grown in the Jalisco Highlands. So all of Jalisco and a couple crossover bordering areas are allowed to grow the agave. But by and large, uh, Jalisco, 100% Blue Weber agave, or it's not tequila. You will yeah. see certain larger brands of things use the word tequila on the label while not claiming to actually have tequila in the bottle. And that would be something called Mixto, which is a mix of agave-based spirit and neutral spirits or whatever the hell they want it to be. Yeah, so, yeah, the state of Jalisco, which includes, you know, Guadalajara, you know, one of the larger cities in Mexico, you know, that that region, you have to make it in that region, has to be, for it to be tequila, 100% that blue agave, which you know, makes it very interesting that it's all based on the same thing, but there can be such wide variation in flavor based on production methods, where it was grown. And these all come from giant, you know, almost, you know, these agave plants, which are ridiculous looking things. They're like, uh, when they're all cut up, they're like ugly giant pineapples. But before that, yeah. imagine like a big spiky, aloe cactus thing even though it's not actually a cactus it's a desert flower hmm. but yeah it's very uh you know what hang on <laughs> yeah it's so it's a very yeah it's an odd Here. it's an odd plant i haven't been down but oh that's oh. not focusing there oh. no. too much anyway time. i'm trying to hide the brand yeah search, search for an agave plant you will find out how ridiculous it looks and, you there know, you I, know, I know, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know a lot of people have gone down to do that. I'm really hoping to go down in the next year or two and visit the area and see what it's all about. 
because it's a very interesting production method. Oh, absolutely. Especially the old school production method of pit roasting and literally strapping a mule to a big uh, grind wheel. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'd love to. And obviously, we'll talk mezcal at some time, which is my true passion when it comes to agave spirits. But tequila is the one that everybody knows and dominates the marketplace in terms of volume sold, visible brands. And, you know, there's very few mezcals that are brand recognized. Tequila, on the other hand, completely different. Very true. And the funny thing is when you bring up mezcal is, uh, well, first of all, before I say what I was about to say, tequila is technically like the champagne of mezcal. Mezcal is the over uh, over umbrella category of agave-based spirit. Mm. But obviously, like, champagne is a sparkling wine from Champagne, France. Tequila is a mezcal from tequila. But anyway, uh, before picking the samples for the tequila episode, I actually really wanted to do an episode on mezcal and sotol, but I couldn't find my bottle of sotol. <laughs> well, I, I also I have a bottle of sotol at my house. So I think we'll be able to make that happen one way or the other. Is it that uh, Higuera with the ram skull? It is. That's the one I was looking for. I've got one somewhere myself. So we we won't even need to swap samples on that one. Yeah, exactly. That'll be an easy one. I have it here. It's delicious. and I can't wait to talk about it. But since we don't have it with us today. Thanks to your advice, I have it. But yeah, we're here. We have a couple brands of tequila. So, I mean, George, let's dive in. Which which one do you want to start with? Let's go with the Cimarron first because okay. we're kind of doing, we'll do like a, the, I, the thought here is like a tequila 101, like starting out tequila, like, but skipping over mixto and junk uh, before yeah. getting here. And well, and I think that's, I think that's a good point though. I mean, let's take a quick detour say you you talked about you know mixto versus you know a proper tequila but if your experiences with tequila are you know college gold nonsense um and stuff that you hated and got sick on don't don't throw tequila away as a whole thing these are clean clear concise spirits many with tons of good tasting notes um, the stuff you drank was bad. Don't don't drink that stuff. It's not good. <laughs> it's kind of like with gin, where everyone says, "Oh, I hate gin. I had a bad experience." It's not that you hate gin; you hate bad gin, and you haven't had the gin to change your mind yet. The same thing with yeah. tequila. Absolutely. But also on the other end of things, uh, the tequilas you've probably already had. If you're just getting into it or had bad experiences uh that you thought did actually taste kind of good it's because it's packed full of sugar and caramel coloring and all that nonsense yeah well these are not oh wow and i think that's the big thing about you know about tequilas um and you know agave based spirits man do they have a they have a complicated nose to them there's so much going on there really is and for the people watching i'll hold up the bottle while i discuss it but this is the, oh, too bright. Mm. And my there camera's backwards anyway. But beautiful uh, Cimarron, it is relatively inexpensive tequila. It is at legal minimum proof of 40% alcohol, so 80 proof. Pretty typical. Pretty typical, yeah. Mm. But let's dive right in. Absolutely. So, I mean, and we're talking about Blanco, Blanco tequila yes. today. 
Blanco. Which my strong preference. I it's not like I don't enjoy you know reposados or añejos. You know the you know the rested or the aged, but. I think the expression of tequila is much better as a Blanco than as a aged spirit. I think there's definitely merit to that statement. I don't disagree, but I also think that when it comes to the different levels of tequila, it's all very, uh, you know, you, you pick the right tool for the job kind of thing. And everything yeah. has its own uh, strong points, but I would agree that Blanco is by far the, the purest expression of tequila. And I think that, you don't need a repo or an anejo or an extra anejo to really, really enjoy it or really mm. get a good sipping uh, spirit. But real quick, for those who are unaware, the aging requirements on each designation. So Blanco is under four months of age if it's been aged at all. Reposado is between four and 11 months, 29, 30 days, depending on the month. <laughs> uh, under 300, <laughs> under three years, 364 days. Or sorry, I'd lost my train of thought there. Under yes. four months for Blanco, four to 11 months and however many days to stay under a year for Reposado. Anejo is a year to just under three years and extra Anejo is three and older. Yeah, and it, it changes very drastically. I have I have one here uh, in Anejo one week and you know, we can talk about later. But yeah, so... Nose-wise, this is tequila in many ways. Yeah, the agave shines through. It's kind of got that, like, Crisco. That's the best way I've heard it. Crisco. Like, when you pop open a can of Crisco and you sniff it. I have never heard that description before, and damn if it isn't a great way of describing it. Yeah, actually, a, a customer came in, and when uh, I was talking him into a better tequila instead of big brand, he's like, when I open this bottle... Am I going to smell Crisco? And it's not something I'd ever heard someone describe tequila with before, but I immediately knew exactly what he's talking about. It's like, yes, yeah. absolutely. It's, it's full on rich Crisco. And he, uh, he opted to pop the bottle immediately and give it a sniff just to make sure and kind of hold me to the fire on it. He's like, yep, Crisco. <laughs> <laughs> that, that it's such a weird, weird nose. No, but yeah, I get that. But I think, you know, in more tasting note, you know, in nose notes, I think it's that like, it's that, you know, funky green. It's that maybe almost menthol. It's. Yeah, like menthol-y, aloe fresh. Yeah, it's fresh green. It's crispy. But a little bit of that funk underneath it, earthiness. Yeah, earth and crispiness, like crispy green, but like. Like, uh, like you didn't rinse your salad off, you know? I love that. That's, that's a great descriptor. I mean, let, let's dive in. Let's, let's look at the, let's see how crisp this one is. That's pretty, isn't it? It is. It has a little bit more, a little bit more fire for, for an 80 proof. Um, it's got a little bit of, um, a little bit of burn to it, which I was, I'm a little surprised about. Um, but the flavors are very delicate. This is not an intense tequila. This is very easy other than that. Oh, absolutely. And I'm a terrible judge of heat because I'm apparently immune to a lot of alcohol burn and I don't know, I don't necessarily know why, 
So I didn't get any heat on that personally at all, but I'm I'm very weird. I, I'm not sensitive to heat from clean like cleaner styles of ethanol, but I'm really sensitive to like the rougher, uh, headsy tailsy type stuff. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting how everyone is very uh, different, like with their senses and how they pick up things. Yeah, I was getting it. I was getting it on the finish after I swallowed. I was getting in my in my throat more than I was getting it on the palate. On the palate, it's very mild. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't punch above its style. It's not it's not a punchy flavor of tequila. It's the nose is more prominent than the palate is. But the palate's very indicative of the nose. Very yeah, very much so. On the back end for me, instead of like a heat, I get like a eucalyptusy, uh, tingly sensation. Mm-hmm. I think eucalyptus is another good note. You know, this is this is very straightforward, but I'd say a good base tequila that I would be happy to have in my cabinet. But yeah, it's got mm. so much of that. Like it's got that agave crunchiness in the mid to back palate mm-hmm. that fades into that eucalyptus. But up front, it's so the mouth feels incredible on it. It's like yeah, almost velvety, texture. but fresh. Yeah, it's great texture. And I'd say that it's, it's almost crunchy. You know, it's it has that crunchy back. It keeps on right right in the back of your palate. It's really pleasant. This is like the most tequila-y tequila in the right way. Yeah. And th- this is one where if you're, if you're pointing it, I mean, if you're thinking about tequila, most people are thinking margaritas. But if you're thinking about using this it's gonna it's not gonna destroy anything this is gonna be an easy mixing tequila nobody's gonna get offended by intense flavors in it but also you're gonna know that it's still tequila and not a neutral grain spirit oh man unintentional but we can make white trash oritas real quick here with a, <laughs> a mountain <Yeah>. doing <laughs> i mean you know what i'm sure it would actually work it's a lot of the same flavors Fun story of uh, tequila days past. Um, friend and I got Taco Bell for Cinco de, uh, de Mayo because, you know, obviously the most inauthentic celebration possible because we're Americans celebrating Mexican independence near the Canadian border. Obviously. So there's nothing authentic about the celebration at all. But Taco Bell Cruiser Cups with Baja Blast and tequila. White trash oritas, man. That's the way to... That's a way to slum it. Yeah, everything about that fits that moniker. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating someone else's holiday inappropriately using <laughs> inauthentic garbage food. It is it is the it is the message of the American white male is to do things like that. <laughs> America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so I mean this is this is a great basic cabinet tequila. Nobody's gonna be offended. Um, what's our, what's our price point on this guy? I want you to take a guess. Mind you, this is a liter bottle. Okay. So I was going to guess 750 at, I was going to guess it's a $14, 750. So I'm going to say $18 for a liter. If only, uh, closer to 22. Okay. But I mean, I think that's, that's the biggest takeaway you're going to get from, Blanco tequilas is to get something that's decent to good. 
is not that expensive. Don't cheap out by buying bargain basement garbage. Right, it's, Get something that's good. Even the uh, unfortunate thing with tequila, especially with uh, just the climate of the world right now in trade. Uh, well, not even right now, but leading up to now. Uh, you're not really... Um, you're not really going to find even garbage tequila unless it's real bad for under, you know, like the $18 mark and a seven fifty, unfortunately. But even then you can get for the same price as a mixto damn good tequila like this here. Yeah. It, it, there's absolutely no reason to buy something bad. Uh, there's plenty of brands that sell in that $15 for a seven fifty, or I, what was I haven't bought in a while. But even if it's you know fifteen eighteen dollars for a seven fifty, don't shy away. That's not you're not pounding seven fifties of tequila. Just get something that's worth drinking. Precisely. Do not skimp. So, yes, let's move on to our second selection, which is oh, how do we how do we say ter- Terramana? I believe it's it is. And before right. we start talking about it, I'm going to be fully transparent about this one right here. I am breaking with this tequila my own rule of saying ignore any and all celebrity brands and endorsements because <laughs> um, this is one of a few, a very few minority of those types of products that is actually really good and done right. And the celebrity name behind this is someone you can't help but love no matter what is uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh. Man, I am I am a big fan of Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Who is not a fan of the Rock? Vin Diesel. <laughs> they're, yes, they're of equal stature in fights, <laughs> as, um, as all of the um, Fast and Furious movies have shown contractually. So, <laughs> which is ridiculous. Um, but everything he does, I, there's very few things he's ever done that I've disliked, and even new things he just bought the XFL. Right. I mean, what a great movie. Who does that? The Rock does that. Like, he's got to secretly be a serial killer or something, because nobody is this good, you know? Like, <laughs> there's got to be something wrong with him somewhere deep down. Everybody everybody likes him because he, he's just, he just seems to be exactly who he is in a really genuine way, and he just seems, his real enthusiasm for almost everything he does. A great professional wrestler transitioned into being an actor, you know, now he's got a tequila and a pro sports I league. Mean, yeah, come on. Who, who, what's not to like? I will say, though, I briefly lived in Hawaii, and I would just like to say, while Dwayne The Rock Johnson uh, eclipses many, many people in size and stature, he is very small compared to, like, if you look at pictures of him with his family, he's a little guy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it is a it is an amazing thing. Now, you're talking about his actual family, not his family from Hobbs and Shaw <laughs> when he goes back. No, no. I think uh, if you look back on his Instagram a while ago, like with his cousin or something, uh, he's a lot smaller than his cousin. And he's not a small man by any stretch of the term. That's crazy. <laughs> I just cleaned my glass a little bit and I am pouring um, Eau de Rock into my glass. <laughs> Rockilla. <laughs> It's a much more catchy name. Well, I think uh, I Shaq think- took that with Shaquilla, and I'm, I'm not even joking. Oh, no. We will not be doing that on this show whenever it comes out. <laughs> Probably not going to be a slam dunk. 
Oh. Yeah. Now, this this has a completely different nose. This, this is what we're talking about when we're coming to the differences between tequilas. This has a completely different nose. So much livelier. It's bolder. It's more intense. It's just... Boom. Oh, there's some... Yeah, it's almost it's almost toasty, like like burned. Not not like in a whiskey way, but in like a this is ozone-y. It's it's like some like a burning marshmallow. You can smell what the rock is distilling. <laughs> I can and I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting burned marshmallow on the nose in a really good way with that backbone of that green agave. You know, just a little bit of that, but I'm getting that marshmallow. I'm getting it's what a into- intoxicating aroma. Really pleasant. <laughs> intoxicating aroma. Nah. So actually, while you're smelling and sipping, I want to talk about a little something here about tequila in general, which is something that I would oh. love to see in other spirits, especially American spirits. If you look on the back of the bottle, you usually will see little thing there that says nom and has a number okay and that's not going to focus unless i manually focus it so sorry to those of you who are watching but the nom number is kind of like a dsp in the united states however a dsp can be linked just to a bottling facility a nom is linked to the explain dsp and 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 nom. uh dsp it's um I think it's distilled spirits plant or something like that. Okay. So where, where it's made, where, essentially. Uh, not necessarily where it's made, because like I was saying there, it can link to a bottling facility or okay. NOM is tied to the producer. Oh, great. And you can actually go online and look up. Uh, there's a NOM lookup tool where you can type in a brand or the NOM and you can see where it was made and what other brands are made by that facility. And with any celebrity product, the origin is always questionable, but with the uh, <laughs> the transparency in tequila, it's able to find, I don't have my phone on me. It's all on my phone charging in the other room. So I don't have the name <laughs> of the distillery handy. So prepared. I am so prepared all the time, but it is a contract distiller who is only making this tequila for now. Oh, that's great. Well, and I love that too, because really what that means is, you know, he's facilitating, you know, the start of a new company down there too. Exactly. Yeah. That, And it's not that he's just coming down and taking over. It's that this is, hopefully this is something that's actually benefiting the people in the area and making it better for them to make something after or, you know, in addition to precisely. Yeah. Cause if this is their, if he's their first client and it's doing this well, cause uh, there've been back order issues, it's selling out like, Oh, I just spilled it all over my lap. Uh, don't gesticulate with glass in your hand. I, I blame my yes. uh, very Italian genetics for that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. This is, this isn't grappa. This gets spilled. <laughs> Um, I gotta say that again, I think the best thing I can say about tequila is, you know, the nose is typically going to echo very closely to the palate. And this does that again. I think this is, this is a little more lively, a little more dancing on the palate than the, than the Cimarron we just had. But it's somehow, even though there's more intensity, it's even cleaner. 
yeah, very everything about this. It's soft, soft, soft. Um, you know, on the palate, but those those flavors they bounce a little bit more. It's this is a different. You know, the other one I'd say was more traditional tequila flavor. This has more. This has a little bit different thing going on, which I'm really enjoying. And it's got like on the palate, it almost has a like a cachaça or rum agricole kind of vegetal lively freshness. Mm-hmm. Cause it's definitely got those, veg- yeah, I- those green notes that are very vegetal, but not, not like, uh, not chlorophylly. Yeah. It's, it's that crisp greenness. Um, and you know what the weird thing, like the, almost the back is that, that menthol eucalyptus thing. And cause it's almost hollow almost feels like it's hollow in the back in a, not in a, this doesn't have anything going on that it almost empties the back of your, the back of your palate into your throat in a, in like a, a minty kind of way without, you know, that intense mint flavor, but that after. Part yeah. It, it kind of, it kind of, from the mid palate, it kind of melts away. It doesn't necessarily fade away. It melts away mm-hmm. and down and back. And yeah, you get like that, that lingering minty fresh, like, not the intensity of just using mouthwash, but the like a a dumbed down sensation similar to that. Mm. See, I would love I would love to have this, you know, in some sort of mixed drink. But I think this, yes, would be good in a margarita. But I think this would this is the kind of tequila I would want in a, you know, like a tequila Negroni or, you know, it could stand up to some other flavors. So what I did with this not too long ago was a blackberry elderflower margarita. So it was mm. this, Pim's blackberry elderflower, and the tiniest of splashes of lime juice. And it was it was fantastic. Yeah, I could absolutely see these flavors playing. They, they would dance with the berries instead of trying to crush them in the flavor profile. And I, I think that's why when I, I tasted the Cimarron, I'm like, yeah, this is a margarita one. Go for it. Go for it. But this one, I taste it. It seems like there's, you could really play around with that in a cocktail in a great Absolutely. way. And if you are going to do a margarita, if you're not squeezing your own limes into it, you're wasting the tequila on it. I think we can say that generally. I mean, a, a margarita is, is, you know, it's, it's, it's a very clean, it's a daiquiri. I mean, it is, it should be made as a daiquiri generally. That's a fair way to put it. Yeah, um, make it more of a cocktail than a long drink. Yeah. I mean, that's how I like to have it. Um, you know, and sometimes I won't do, you know, I might not add simple. I might use the orange liqueur instead. Um, but either way, I mean, you're going to get something that's much more balanced if you do that versus trying to, you know, make a mix and do all the other things. Squeeze your limes fresh. Treat it with respect. And especially when you have a quality tequila. Like this one here. Like this one here. Now, bearing in mind you're paying for Rockilla and you are smelling what the rock is distilling. What is your yes. what is your attempt at guessing cost? So I assume this is a seven fifty? Uh, this one is. It also comes in a liter though. Okay. I'm going to go by the 750 price because that's, you know, I think it gauges with most things that we, we talk about. Um, I'm going to say it's, so the last one was 22 for a liter. 
I'm going to say it's 17. For a 750, it's going to be upper 20s, a liter lower 30s. Oh, okay. You know what? I, I think I'm I'm a little behind on my tequila prices. Yeah, tequila is definitely more expensive than it used to be. It has uh, there were some trade disagreements, agave shortages, uh, pretty much, uh, nearly all tequila is more expensive than it used to be. And okay, I, I think my calibrated prices are from a little while back. So that's what I said. I that's no offense to what quality this is, without having a baseline. Um, I mean, this is, this is a delightful spirit. I'd be happy to sip this on its own. I'm enjoying it a lot right now. And yeah, I have no problem with that pricing knowing, you know, knowing that you said the whole market has gone up. Oh yeah. It's, uh, it's frustrating to see pricing on a lot of different spirits go up for very arbitrary and silly, uh, political reasons, as well as obviously agave shortages for larger plants because of non-sustainable practices well agave we we can talk about sustainable agave another time hopefully with somebody who knows more about it than uh than we do we can talk about it but you know somebody who spend more time on it which actually i would really enjoy i hope we get a chance i have to some that. ideas now that you mentioned that i think i think we might uh i might have a few people up my sleeve for that one actually i think that should happen soon that would be great yeah because i i think you know we obviously want to talk about the spirits, but I think the sustainability part of it, especially when it comes to this, uh, is a huge part of the discussion. It's not made in America, so you know we're talking about worker issues and all those other things, which I would I'm a huge proponent of talking about. So, um, yeah, I mean this this was a great intro to tequila, George. So we had the um, the uh, Cimarron, we had Terramana. I'd say both of which are quality products. Um, and I think suitable of their price points. I think both, both work and you'd be happy to have either in your cabinet. Absolutely. Yeah. And I say that as someone with both of them in my cabinet. (laughs) Uh, all right. Well, so I think this will, we're going to close out for this episode. Uh, we'll be back with some other discussions coming up soon, man. What do we have? We got some, we got some good stuff coming up. We've got gin. We've got. Oh, Empire Rye. Empire Rye, baby. We've got, yeah, which I'm super excited about. We've got more Peter No Pete. Uh, and I think we're also going to have an episode talking about our uh, some of our experiences at a recent Spirits uh, spirits Judging Competition, which I'm hap- I'm really happy to talk about here. It will be interesting to, well, not it's, I was there too, but I mean, uh, it'll be fun discussing how different it was with uh, pandemic restrictions and because it was a very different experience. Yeah, very different, but still still oh, enjoyable. We'll dive into that when we get there. Um, so, George, where can they find you on all of the internet? On internets? all of the internets. You can find me on Instagram at Whiskey Jedi with the E in there because this is America. And we eat Taco Bell on Cinco de Mayo <laughs> and drink white trash Aritas. <laughs> and uh, you can find the show on Facebook and Instagram at IGS Podcast. Yeah, make sure to subscribe on any of your favorite podcast apps. You can also find us on YouTube, In Good Spirits, if you want to watch our uh, beautiful faces in motion. Uh, so make sure to subscribe, like, and, uh, you know, what, what does everybody say? Smash that subscribe button. Ring that button. bell. Uh, 
Yeah. So uh, you can also find me uh, at Stromy on uh, Twitter and Instagram. Find me also on the Food About Town podcast. George, thanks so much for coming on. And oh, man, you're hammering that Cimarron. Good for you, man. Just need that YouTube thumbnail, man. (laughs) All right, everybody. Um, This has been another episode of In Good Spirits. And good drinking to you, sir. Cheers. See ya.